If you've been listening to the show, you know I've been diving into the direct care business model for physicians as a way to rebuild our American healthcare system and end the burnout epidemic. If you're working with us as a planning client, we can help you get clarity on what it takes to get there, keep you accountable, and even give you a bunch of examples of how well this has worked for others. But I know many of you will need more than it. You may need support doing things you've never had to do before, like business planning or marketing or even IT. And I'm sure you could probably use a part. That's what my friends at Freedom Health Works can do for you. They're the complete direct primary care solution for physicians that want to buck the system. They can help you set up and run your own practice with easy financing and support you with the business strategy, hiring guidance, technology setup, client acquisition, and even your website. If you're curious to learn more about them, hit pause, grab your phone right now and save this number. 317-804-1203. That's 317-804-1203. We've also had their CEO on our May 2nd episode one of their current clients on our June 13th episode and a client of ours who just started working with them on our show that aired on July 18th. Make sure and give those shows a listen if you're curious, but if you want to get some questions answered directly, give them a call. They're a great team. And once again, find out more at 317-804-1203 and make sure to tell my you. Welcome to Finance for Physicians, a show where we empower physicians like you to practice medicine the way you always dreamed you would. This podcast features doctors, physicians, and experts that share one main thing in common. We believe having control of our finances leads to having control of our lives. In a world where doctors' lives are often dictated by our needs to maximize income, pay back massive student loans, and buy homes, many of us give up reaching those goals. But it doesn't have to be this way. If you are ready to learn how financial wellness creates happier doctors and patients, then I'm your guy. I'm your host and financial expert, Daniel Wren. Let's get started. What's up, guys? Hope you're having a great day. I received an email from a friend of ours and I believe a listener to the podcast that I felt like I really needed to talk through. And so the article, uh, it was from Life and My Finances. I think it's a personal finance blog and it's about why the Roth IRA is bad. The exact title for it is why a Roth IRA is a bad idea. Yes, you could lose money. Uh, and then the subtitle is I lost nearly $400,000 to a Roth IRA, it's not just me. Based on our survey, the average person is losing 163,000. So that's the article. A friend of ours, if you're listening, Lori, thanks for sending the, the article. Lori sent the article our way and I immediately was like, what in the world? I need to pull this thing apart. So that's what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna talk through what this article is talking about and 
how it applies to most of you guys and why it's a, a terrible article for, for you guys to apply. One of the main reasons I wanted to talk about it as well, th so the article was on this blog, which is cool. I mean, it's they have an audience. I don't know who their audience is, so it's hard to, I mean, maybe their audience might be better suited to hear this kind of thing, but I just don't know that. But what caught my attention, so it was it was on this person's blog. I think it also got republished on like some larger finance website. I don't remember what it is. Um, but then what caught my attention is it was sent out on a Doximity uh, email list. So maybe some of you listening saw it. So like pretty much a physician population, or at least I think Doximity is mostly at least medical professionals population. And, and for that audience, it's completely terrible. So we're going to talk through that. And that's why I wanted to talk about it is because they're apparently blasting out stuff like this to some of you guys and it's bad advice. So yeah, we're going to go through that. Um, I thought I'd start out with kind of summarizing the article. Um, it's a pretty long article, but I'll kind of hit the high point. So the author talk, is talking about his specific situation, and he claims that he lost nearly $400,000 to a Roth IRA, as I already said in the uh, subtitle, and also claims that they've done some surveys, and the average person in the survey is losing $160,000. So he also claims nearly everyone says the Roth is a great investment and, and they're all wrong. And he says that his, of his survey respondents, 92% of them said that they should be doing a Roth IRA, but based on his assumptions or calculations, which I'm not clear on, he believes that only 0.2% should actually be doing that. So basically like nobody should be doing a Roth is, is kind of his conclusion from this article, extremely rare situations and it's kind of just like a, a waste of money so he does give a little bit of hope i guess or he does open a slight window for potential roth making sense in the middle of the article the characteristics he explains that are good would be you can contribute more than five thousand per year and you plan to withdraw over a hundred thousand a year in retirement and i mean i think i know that's a lot of you guys but it's that's a really unclear statement and it the math in this article is a little bit wonky as well. So I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But then he goes on to say like, actually Roth. So if it's good for less than 1% of the population or less than even half a percent of the population, what he claims is that means it's good for the government for people to do Roth IRA. So uh, because they get more taxes and they get it sooner. And I mean, if you're reading the article, I mean, it makes sense. Like what he's saying, he's just, it's skewed a way that I was not comfortable with. He goes on to explain the differences between the two, um, Roth and traditional. Hopefully you'll, you guys know that already. If not, Roth is like tax me now and then tax free when you withdraw it. And then traditional, if your income is low enough, is pre-tax now. So you save tax now, but then when you take it out, it's taxed then. Or with a 401k, traditional 401k is avoid tax now but pay tax when you take it out versus Roth 401k is pay tax now and then it's tax free or avoiding tax when it comes out. So he explains how those work and his explanation is good, but where he goes wrong is he says that in order to calculate it, it's all about comparing the marginal rate now versus the average rate in retirement. And that's not the right way to look at it. I'll circle back to that as well, but 
He talks about how most people will earn less in retirement, mainly because they haven't saved enough. I think that was the main reason he gave, um, which is, you know, that's probably true. Uh, a lot of this stuff is based on averages and it's kind of like cherry picked. But if you're assuming we're talking with uh, talking about the average American, yeah, it's probably going to be that retirement income is going to be, and, and then even the tax rates in retirement are, are going to be lower than they are while while they're working. So, I mean, like I said, the parts of this article are correct. Not actually, there are some places that where it's blatantly incorrect, but the bulk of like the math and the technical components are correct, but it's just spun up in a way that's just generally bad for, for physicians. So he finally starts to talk about some of the math. If you've gotten this far, you'll see he's, he's using a as the, in the example he's using, and this gives you a picture, an indication of who the type of people he's talking about. So he uses the example of 47,000 of annual income in retirement. And that apparently is the average income for retirees. Um, I'm not sure of the source there, but that doesn't sound that out of the ordinary. And it's mostly, according to his calculation, it's mostly coming from Social Security with a little bit of retirement income that's taxable. So in this example scenario that he shares, he assumes that the Roth for this person, hypothetical person, he assumes they were in the 12% tax bracket when they saved into the Roth. So in other words, they had to pay 12% tax on the money that went into the Roth. And then he assumes that by using the Roth in this retirement scenario, they would have saved 4.2% on the back end by avoiding paying additional tax in that hypothetical scenario. So the 12% is just kind of an assumption of what they're making, which that sounds reasonable for this income scenario. But the 4.2%, he's using the average tax rate of this situation that he created. And that is the correct percentage for the average tax rate. But that's not what happens. Like you use marginal taxes when you're comparing the tax savings like in marginal taxes is different than average average taxes are like take total taxes you paid divided by income that's average marginal is like if you do a dollar more of income what's the rate on that and because we have a progressive tax system the marginal rate gets progressively higher the more income you make so that's important to differentiate the two of those because when we're talking about the decision between Roth and tra traditional, you really should be looking at that marginal impact of the decision now and in retirement. And average taxes are irrelevant. Like it's not, it's an apples and oranges comparison. Also, what's interesting about the calculation is if you technically use the numbers he's using, it really actually would be 0% tax because there's no tax on social security at that income level. So technically... 0% would be the average tax rate and the marginal tax rate. And this unique, well, unique for you guys, I think, um, scenario. And in that case, yeah, like if it's 0%, well, first of all, his math was 4.2%, but let's use the actual rate. It would be 0% in this scenario if we did the calculation correctly. In that scenario, yeah, the Roth IRA is a bad deal. And traditional makes much better sense because you, you know, you can save 12%. And then when you take it out, you're going to be 0% tax rate. But like I said, it's a cherry pick scenario. Like for example, the, the families we work with, like this scenario is never a consideration. I mean, I, it's never been really a consideration. I'll talk about that more in a second, but it's a not applicable situation. I think for most of you guys listening.
So, however, he uses this to, I think this is what he uses. It's like I said, some of the math is unclear, but I think that's, this is the calculation he uses to kind of base this idea that his surveyed people would have lost 163,000, maybe. I'm not sure. It's unclear. He also concludes that 100% of those surveyed would have been worse off investing in a Roth IRA. So that's a pretty big claim. And it sounds like he surveyed a lot of people. So I've already talked about some of the problems. It's misleading. I think the first problem, the, the problem that was most concerning for me, it's like, if you just look at the headline and a lot of people like glance at headlines, that's how I do. If you just look at the headline of this thing, it's like $400,000 cost of Roth IRA investing. So he uses the word like, I lost. That's like past tense. It's like, he's saying, I lost. And this is, it appears this guy's pretty young. So, it, and that would imply, it would be easy to assume that he's talking about the value of the account went down, like as in the investments themselves, which you could quit, you could, if you're just glancing at it, you're like, huh, so that this person's saying that Roth IRAs are terrible investments. In, in other words, the investments that you get with a Roth IRA cost you a bunch of money because they're terrible. And that's completely not what he's saying. Like he's using the taxes to kind of, I think he's using his, the tax scenarios we've just kind of gone through to justify this. But it would be easy to assume, especially after a quick glance, that he, he actually is talking about the investment re returns. And that's super misleading. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to assume he was not intentionally trying to do that. But I think it's an unintended, assumingly unintended consequence of it. And I, that was the first thing I thought when I saw it. I'm like, how are they coming up with that? And so just to clarify that point, the Roth IRA really doesn't have anything to do with the investment performance aside from the tax difference. So like if we're comparing a Roth to another IRA, like a traditional or, or whatever type of investment, you can, they're just like a, the vehicle you hold the investments in. Like you can hold all sorts of investments in any of those different vehicles. And so the only thing that affects the performance Assuming you're holding the same investments in all of them, which should be entirely possible, the only difference between them will really be taxes. And so that's misleading because of that, because it, it kind of makes you think maybe that there was some bad investments that were directly connected to what Roth IRAs offer. And so if you read on, you'll start, start to see him talk about taxes. And that's, that's what it really comes down to. So the 400000 is coming from taxes. But the other problem about it is, like I said, he's using past tense, but his assumptions are based on future taxes. So that's misleading as well. It's like, I lost 400000 No, no, no. He's assuming he will probably lose 400000 based on all these assumptions that I've kind of started to, to mention and that I do not think apply to your situation. And I don't... It's, it's difficult to see what even calculations he's using. So it, it's like cherry pick data, really a big lean towards fear-based uh, language. There's a lot of uh, lack of clarity. That's partly why I've, I've gotten a lot more hesitant to show calculations in content we create. It's difficult to understand where they're coming from when you show calculations without providing like lots of explanation and sources and details. Like just for example, how is he defining income technically? Like when he shows average income, like technically, is that taxable income? Is that earned income? Like, is this adjusted gross income? There's lots of different, technically, there's lots of different ways to define income. How is the math? How are we calculating 400,000 for his lost Roth IRA? I, that's completely unclear. 
So I think the gist of this is that I think I would agree that probably like the average American is better off doing or not doing a Roth because they kind of have a choice and uh, they're probably not saving enough. And the, the concepts he's talking about probably makes sense. I don't know about 99%, but like definitely not 99%. But if we're strictly talking about the average American, the majority of them probably are better off leaning towards uh, doing a traditional IRA and not doing a Roth IRA. But for you guys, it's, like I've said, it's completely different. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Ren Financial Planning. Want to hear something cool? My team at Ren Financial Planning has consistently told me that the listeners of this podcast are their favorite people to talk to. Did you know that you can set up a no-cost triage meeting with one of our amazing CFPs at Ren Financial Planning anytime? and talk about your biggest financial questions. We can discuss things like considerations for transitioning into practice, getting the best bang for your buck buying a house, the smartest way to pay off student debt, or tips on maximizing your compensation package. Or maybe you'd love a second set of eyes to help look over your tax return or investment allocations. Maybe you'd just like a general second opinion from your existing advisor. Either way, our role in this meeting will be to listen to your concerns and help you start to identify potential actionable next steps so that you can start to make solid progress addressing those concerns as quickly as possible. Schedule a meeting now. You'll see a link in the show notes. And when you do, make sure to indicate you found us from Finance for Physicians. We look forward to talking to you. Okay, let's get back to our show. So let's start start to talk about how this applies to physicians. So first of all, most of you guys I know, especially in practice, you're going to be maxing out your work retirement plans. So like 401ks, 403bs, that kind of thing. And when you have maxed out those tax shelters, you know, that, that's kind of like the bucket's full. Then it's like, okay, well, what's my next option? And really the only really good alternative beyond that is to do like a backdoor Roth IRA. And you can't even fund, a, well, you can fund a traditional IRA, but if you're if you're at the average physician income level, you won't be able to get the tax deduction on it. So in other words, like the tax benefit now doesn't apply, which kind of kills the benefit of the traditional IRA. So the Roth IRA is, is really like the, the next really good tax shelter beyond or after maxing out work retirement plans. And in that situation, when you're looking at the Roth IRA, you really should be comparing it not to a pre-tax alternative, but to like a taxable investment or the non-deductible IRA, which never is going to make sense. So in a taxable investment and a non-deductible IRA, when we compare those to the Roth IRA, the Roth IRA will always be better. Like it's without a doubt avoiding tax is going to be better than paying some tax on after-tax dollars. So that's an easy decision when you've maxed out all your work plans and there's no options left through work. Using that backdoor Roth IRA is going to be a best, going to be a really good move because it's we don't have as many options in that situation. On top of that, most of you guys, so going going back to his scenarios in retirement, most of you guys are going to have multiple streams of income in retirement. So that makes it a lot more complex. Social Security starts to get taxed as you make higher income. That's not considered in this example. And when you have all these streams of income, I mean, at the minimum, it just makes it a lot more complicated. But 
it can quickly swing the pendulum the other direction. The other thing about his article, I, f- I forgot to mention this, like one problem with this, if you just read this article and you're like, I'm a physician, Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks are bad. Okay, I need to do all traditional, which is kind of what the article, it's definitely what the article advocates. By doing that, you're actually like building up a bigger bucket of future to be taxed money or like another way of looking at it is like Uncle Sam's got a share of that bucket of money you're building up. And the bigger you build that bucket up, the more your tax burden is going to be in retirement. So it's like the further along you go with this strategy, it ends up backfiring on you and causing it can quickly swing back to where your retirement tax rates actually end up equal or even higher than your work year tax rates. So here are some a little bit more specific examples that would apply to you guys. I think the best way to do it is to personalize it to your situation. That's always the best way to do it. That's why these articles are oftentimes bad because they're generalized. Sometimes there's errors in them and they're definitely not personalized to your situation. We can throw out some like general scenarios that'll likely you guys will go through at times in your life. The best one I think is like in training especially in training, but even like it could be like an in lower income year, like say you retire early and you have a part, maybe you're working part-time at a much reduced income level. Those two scenarios, like in training, especially you're probably going to be in the 10 or 12% marginal tax rate. And so that's, that's really low for a physician and the average physician we work with their retirement marginal rate is going to be higher than that. And I'm talking about averages and sometimes way higher than that. And so the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k even, anything Roth is extremely likely to be the best option because it's going to be really good if you could pay that 10 or 12% as opposed to when you take it out paying like 20, 30, sometimes close to 40% on the back end. On the flip side, if you're like very high income, like you're at your kind of peak earning years and especially if you're in like the highest tax brackets, like say you're in the 35% rate or, or 37% marginal tax rate. In that case, not always, but like most of the time in that case, the traditional 401k, not the traditional IRA, because you can't do that. You can't deduct that at, at that income level. But the traditional 401k, like the pre-tax 401k or 403b is likely much better than the Roth 401k or 403b. Now it's still good to do the backdoor Roth IRA, even you know at that income level but in that situation when you have the choice like as in the 401k you can either do traditional or Roth it's 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 very likely that the pre-tax option the traditional 401k is going to be much better because you're at that high 35% plus uh tax rate um and so you might as well get that benefit now the the exception to that sometimes happens if you're like a super saver, like huge, especially if you're like going for financial independence early and you're a big saver and you're likely to continue working beyond financial independence. What happens in that situation is you can sometimes create like a kind of a time bomb of like future taxes. Like the more you defer all these things, it creeps up and you know, the more, the longer you work, it delays it as well. So you can, it it can compound to where you're going to have a high tax bracket no matter what. So that's kind of a different situation. Now, most of you though, are probably going to be somewhere in the middle of those two extremes I just talked about. And really all of you, it goes back to your own personal planning. That's the ideal way to do it. You need to look at like your circumstances, your, even your preferences, really like your tax situation. Now you're 
income situation now, what options you have available, and then trying to get a good idea of projections for the future and comparing, making sure to compare marginal rates when you're doing that, like the article did, or unlike the article, the article was trying to say you should compare average tax rates in retirement. So you really, you have to look at marginal rates now and compare those to marginal rates when you are likely to be withdrawing it. And that that's the best uh, and most helpful way to decide between Roth versus traditional when you have that choice. And it's, it's actually the one thing this article did get right is, I mean, he didn't exactly say it how I would say it, but um, it is pretty simple when you do the math on it and you're comparing the two. It's all about like, what's the rate now? Marginal. And what's the rate at withdrawal? Marginal. Where he went wrong is he said average tax rate, but it's actually pretty simple. You just have to look at the marginal rate now when you're putting it in, if you're in that really high tax bracket and compare it to likely marginal rate in retirement and say you're in a lower tax bracket, compare the two of those. If you're higher now, then the pre-tax is going to be a better route versus if you're lower now and you expect it to be equal or higher, the Roth is going to be the better route. So, so I appreciate you guys sharing articles like this. If you see others, please send them my way. You got to be careful what you read about on online. I'm sure you guys know that already. As with money or really anything. It's it's kind of like medicine. General advice, not not applied to your personal situation, that can be super dangerous and can cause more harm than good. The devil's in the details, so you got to really kind of be cautious about uh, buying into these things. So please share those sorts of uh, articles you come across in the future or questions that you have, and we'll would love to cover those in the future. We'll catch up with you next time. You've been listening to Finance for Physicians. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. On this show, we believe that when you prioritize your finances, you take better care of yourself, have more fulfilling relationships with your families, and most importantly, provide higher quality care for your patients. If you feel this way too and want to learn more, then make sure to join our community. Follow the Finance for Physicians Facebook group for bonus content and sneak peeks on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.